I on a vacation. We out in New Rochelle, I on a vacation. Moving with Intel, I on a vacation. Now we in the groove, I on a Hello, Ionovators. Welcome back to the Ionovation Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. I am a marketing major here at Iona College. I am also an intern here at the Heinz Institute. I am joined with my co-host. Hey, it's Juan. I'm a sophomore here at Iona, studying computer science, philosophy, and entrepreneurship. And today we have our guest, Danny. Hi, Danny. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. So, uh, yeah, thank you for being here. So, Danny, um, first, I would like to ask you, what's your uh, role here at, uh, at Iona College, at the Heinz Institute specifically? Like, just so uh, people at home know exactly what you're about, because you do a lot here. I see you all the time. And knowing your title, like, you fit it pretty well. Okay, well, thanks for that. Firstly, uh, one of the titles that I'm really, really proud of, or roles that I'm, I'm really proud of, is I'm an alumnus of Iona College. So undergraduate, class of 2006. Uh, I played on the baseball team while I was here. I was involved in student government a little bit. I was also a campus minister uh, on campus with, um, you know, led by Carl Kira Foley, who's still uh, over in campus ministry. So a lot of I was shaped by a lot of those experiences, and um, we'll we'll probably talk about it a little bit today. But all of those are entrepreneurial in their own way. Yeah. Um, so as the entrepreneur in residence on campus uh, for the past year, I've been helping engage with students uh, with their minds and their ideas, maybe some of their teams if they're forming a team, uh, and essentially the the main activity is to encourage how to match their idea with the world uh, yeah. and how, how it would work and what it would do. So I spent a lot of time with students. It's probably the number one thing that I love about being the, the EIR, the Entrepreneur in Residence on Campus. Mm -hmm. But secondly, um, in order to do that properly, we really want to build up a mentor network of yeah. professionals and practitioners across public, private, and nonprofit sectors and, and bring those folks to campus as we could have in the past and now virtually largely to make connections um, to build the expertise and the experience of the, the student entrepreneurs on campus. It's, it's, uh, those two things combined, I think, bring a lot of energy to the process of entrepreneurship. So thanks for uh, letting, us, you know, letting me dive in here on, on a lot of this today. No, yeah, of course. Because uh, I ask that because entrepreneur in residence, like on the surface, kind of seems like you live in an entrepreneurial space. Like just for me, just like like naturally, I'm like, oh, like you basically you're, you're here all the time. And that's why I say like you, you fit that so well because you're here engaging with students 24-7, which is like wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, part of the role is being still on campus um, if someone were to walk in or ask for a meeting, uh, something might be on their minds. But also as, as a part of the role, uh, I forgot to mention, I teach, um, you know, a class or two. And that's across, you know, undergraduate, all four years and graduate as well, including mainly the MBA program in La Penta. Um, you know, what I always like to say is one cool thing about entrepreneurship is it lives in your mind, it lives in your heart, right? It lives in your spirit, your body in many ways. So in some senses, it doesn't really matter if you're a freshman or a second year MBA. Uh, it's all about being obsessed about something and having 
Edmund Rice charisma mm-hmm. about taking that obsession and just like wanting to explode that in the world um, and, and just go at that as much as possible. And what, what we're trying to do at the Heinz Institute is teach and educate and mentor different ways, because it is different for, for everyone, different ways to yeah. build that up uh, and build capacity and build mindset and methods uh, on how to do that in the world. Excellent. Thank, and just piggybacking off of that, do you think that students are in a good position to become entrepreneurs? Generally speaking, yes, I think so. Uh, you know, especially uh, at through the Heinz Institute. I think anyone that walks through the door is going to be treated uh, not only with respect, but is going to be encouraged to tap into themselves uh, in their own way. Uh, so I think that's a good first step. So any, any curiosity that a student has, uh, if they want to take action on that, uh, it's a really good place to be. Uh, but taking a step back, you know, I think it's a larger conversation and I might be taking a contrarian viewpoint on this, but I don't know yet if every student is positioning themselves to be an entrepreneur. Um, what I mean by that is, you can be entrepreneurial and there's a huge element of having the right mindset and, and on growth and life learning and the energy that comes from that and the curiosity that comes from that. Mm-hmm. But, but launching a business or owning a huge venture within a big organization, whether that's a nonprofit or a corporation, it takes a lot of yourself. It takes a lot of your, Uh, your time, your effort. And I do believe as years and years and years of experience, and I'm still learning. um, So please, anyone out there argue with me on this, but I still think it takes a certain temperament, uh, a certain type of yearning to want to do that. So the answer is yes and no, but it's got to fit with with what you want to do in life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you, well, you said about what entrepreneurship requires of each one of us. What do you consider to be essential skills for being an entrepreneur or funding a business? Uh, you know, this might seem maybe slightly off as an answer or slightly unexpected, but um, I think I have two general points of feedback. The number one is just like you study the great books, and if you don't know what I'm referring to as the great books, you know, it's, it's these classics that are about the human condition. Um, you know, entrepreneurship is truly interdisciplinary. So the first piece of advice or insight would be you have to know yourself uh, and you have to be willing to step into yourself, right? If you, if you have the confidence or if you have the tenacity if you have the, uh, the self-drive to always want to go out and talk to other people and learn, 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 um, and get better and better and better, you know, that's a huge part of the human condition that you need to tap into. And the folks that don't who lose sight of that, like what's driving them every day when they wake up and what they're, um, you know, what one main problem they want to solve, what, what contribution they want to make, 
you have to be clear on those things. And that requires human condition clarity, you know, yeah. on that. Um, it's not always driven by the problem that you're solving. What I mean is like the tech you're building or the service you're building. A lot of those things are rubber balls. Mm -hmm. They can bounce back. You're the glass ball. So you have to really, you can't break yourself. You have to be so clear on that. The second is, uh, and I'll, I guess I'll harken back to my time as an undergraduate when I played baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, I was on the team, um, and my brothers would know this from that time, but I was a utility player. I could, I could almost seamlessly play shortstop or center field yes. on any given day. So as an entrepreneur or someone that wants to grow into that more, uh, everyone always talks about it as you're wearing different hats, but the reality is you have to be good enough at every hat to know when to hire someone else or bring someone else on or to do it yourself. And that in itself is a skill that I think people underestimate. Um, when you try to, it goes back to the human condition. Then you start getting overwhelmed, you start getting stressed and you start underperforming. So you have to, you have to use your utility as a player on that team to achieve the goal, mm -hmm. not necessarily for you to achieve every part of that goal. Uh, if I can end this on one piece of advice, my mentor, one of, one of my mentors said to me once, do you want to solve the problem or do you want to solve the problem? And uh, what he meant by that was, do you, Danny Pataki, want to do everything? Or do you, plural, as a team, want to solve the problem? And obviously, you know my answer to that. But um, that's what I would encourage everyone to, to think about for their own, um, you know, their own utility. Yeah. Um, just piggybacking off of that, do you think that it is, I wouldn't say easier, but um, yeah, let's, let's say easier to be more successful when you are um, venturing out on your entrepreneurship by yourself or with a team? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, um, you know, we could really have a whole nother podcast session mm -hmm. on this or a class on this or an event on this or a series of events. But, um, you know, there's, there's sort of the gut response and the experiential response. And then there's also the data and in the industry and the data uh, in the industry shows that teams win. Okay. Um, whether there's three components to a team or five components to a team or, you know, we can have all those arguments, mm -hmm. but teams win. Yeah. Um, and if everybody from the management guru of the 20th century, Peter Drucker, mm -hmm. you know, so anyone in Lapenta listening, mm -hmm. if you haven't come across Peter Drucker, go to your uh, professors and, and ask about it, what book you should read all the way to contemporary startup culture of this 24 seven, like, you know, just back to the, against the wall, try to survive. Mm -hmm. And even during COVID um, teams win. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the second part of that is it's the environment that you consistently put yourself in. Yeah. So teams could win, but if there's proper team culture and you're really surrounded by people that are best for the business and best for your, your, personal um aspirations that is going to accelerate the team more and more and more as you go so um 
you know, those are some of my reflections, uh, Jordan. What do you think yeah. about that? No, I, I definitely agree. Just because, um, like, playing team sports, you played and you played a Division One baseball sport, as you know, and I feel like you develop those skills when playing sports, learning how to work with the team. And I feel like, um, honestly, some Division One athletes may be the most entrepreneurial people in the world just because they already have that team camaraderie they know how to work with teams and people that they've never met people that are from different states but for you know somehow they all you know manage to come together and you know win championships and do other things like that so I definitely can see how teams definitely um help in an entrepreneurial venture yeah let me add one one other component to that because I want to speak to a you know a broader set of students and even professionals that might be listening um I love everything you said about the teams. One other thing to take a step more broadly back mm -hmm. is I would, I would say, I would explain it slightly differently. I would explain it as whatever you step into that requires a team, um, that's going to help accelerate that mm -hmm. growth. So if you're a performance artist that mm -hmm. needs to put on a play or a dance uh, there's a lot of nerves associated with that, just like bottom of the ninth, you know, two outs, bases loaded. And you're stepping into wanting to give other people an experience, you know. Yeah. So that mindset, even as an artist, is there. That mindset of, of being um, – so that's like drama club and things like that. Mm -hmm. but if, it's, if it's also – imagine leading a volunteer effort on a midnight yeah. run or yep. – you're, you're going to uh, feed the hungry or you're collecting clothes. It just simply requires this repetitive nature of having the confidence to reach out to all these people and say, look, we need to make this happen by this date with this amount of goal, yeah. with, with uh, this process. That, so when you decide to step into something, if you are not obsessed with that, yep. then, then walk away from that. Yeah. If you commit to be obsessed to that and spend your time, energy, thoughts, and all these capacities and functions, then do that. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, with with honor and respect, and with uh, you know, with focus. Um, so, yeah, thanks for opening that up, Jordan. Yeah. So, Danny, can I ask you: Are you building a team at Heinz Institute? Yeah, because we're especially talking about right these uh, these environments and these these groups of of experts. Uh, yeah, I mean a big part of what we're doing. I mentioned it when we first started talking about the EIR role is uh, you know going out into the community and telling the story of the Heinz Institute and what we're what students are doing with their ideas and sourcing practitioners across different industries, sourcing experts and subject matter experts. Um, who are deeply experienced and, and have the, that expertise, a range across different fields and disciplines, and, and also, you know, ventures. Um, maybe they're launching something now and going through it. Maybe they've been a 30-year corporate executive and everything kind of in between. And, you know, we've pulled from the alumni network. We've pulled from the local Nurshell community. We've pulled from... Uh, folks that are across the country who have heard about the good work we're doing and want to be involved. So yeah, we're trying to bring a lot of that energy and expertise to the students. Essentially what it means for the student is 
if you walk in the door, if you're part of an event, and, and you have uh, someone that you need to give a different perspective on, or you have a really specific question on how do I make this t-shirt and what does the manufacturing process look like? We have a network now of, you know, over 150 mentors who are deeply engaged and, and some even beyond that, um, you know, to make connections for you. And, and sometimes that's the result of one session where you walk away and say, that was a great insight. There's entrepreneurship talks that these mentors give. There's workshops where you can walk away with a tool and learning a digital tool or a platform, uh, a pro forma uh, for financials and a whole range of, of hostings there. Uh, and then also, you know, the friendship side and the networking that maybe that relationship down the road uh, becomes more meaningful and impactful for you as you, as you build. So it's, it's really about encouraging students. Yeah. Um, to build those relationships. Thank you, thank you very much for sharing. And um, can I ask you one last question? So do you have any words of encouragement for those students that are driven to be entrepreneurs and change agents? Sure, sure, wow, yeah, to be a real change agent and to make a contribution on whatever this is, um, I always encourage students to think about what I call their 400 year line. And I know that students that have been in my classes have heard this, but you've been shaped by people before you and your family and your communities for 200 years. Think about your great grandparents living all the way back. And you need to, you, I encourage you, it's, a, it's an imperative to think about a solution that will last 200 years. Um, I don't want it to last for two years. I want it to last for 200 years and make a real contribution to the world. So in order to do that, um, it sounds maybe more simple um, than, than, you know, maybe advice you might be expecting, but you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of others and your family. And that's where just living in the world, you're going to recognize what problems exist where you're naturally sort of your acumen and your temperament are going to lead you. Um, it sounds philosophical, but if you're just constantly applying this curiosity and this obsession in the world with this longevity of you, 200 years, then you might say to yourself, okay, I think I want to build that artificial intelligence platform that's going to make a contribution in 200 years. Um, but maybe that first step you're taking is a test or an experiment towards that. Yeah. So don't throw it out that you think, oh, this might only last until next week. Next week, you're going to iterate on that. And then next year, you'll iterate on that. And then 10 years from now, you'll be saying, I can't believe I spent 10 years on this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, extend your view a little bit, 200 years and, and, uh, try to sit down and really now think what contribution you want to make. That's my advice. Yeah. Well, thank you, Danny. That is some actual powerful advice just because, you know, um, leaving a legacy is never easy, but I think that is, you know, if you want to build a, if you want to build something, I think that is the mindset you should have. So, um, yes, thank you once again for coming on this podcast. Um, you guys can follow the Heinz Institute podcast at the Heinz Institute, and you can follow them on all of the social medias at the Heinz Institute. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we're going to log off in English today. So 
Goodbye, guys. Hey, Bye. Peace to everybody. We really working, Gail Ventures is the spot. Burton May got the podcast hot. We innovating, no debating, we creating. I own innovators and I ain't never hating. We just worry about us and what we do. I own a vision podcast show, get in tune.